Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. I just wanted to say that I'm really sorry this video is so short, especially compared to my normal videos. I thought that I had enough stories for this topic, but I really didn't. But I will have two more videos later this week that will be longer, at least longer than this. So anyways, despite it being so short, I still hope you guys enjoy it. All that being said, happy holidays everyone. I was probably a six or seven year old girl, but to be honest, I don't really remember my age at the time, just that I was a young kid. My family used to spend our Christmas Eve nights at my Aunt A's house, along with the rest of our extended family. Nothing unusual ever happened every year, that is, until this one particular year. I want to start off by saying that no one in my extended family ever spent the night at my Aunt A's. We'd all usually go home afterwards and then come back the next day for Christmas dinner. Apparently that year, my dad had drank a lot of beer, and at the time, my mom was afraid to drive at night, so we decided to just spend the night there. I remember playing with my cousin Jay and my older sister Em in the living room as all the adults talked and laughed while watching over us. I suddenly felt tired, so I decided to lay down on a medium-sized SpongeBob SquarePants plush toy that I'd saw on the floor. The next thing I remember, I woke up in the middle of the night to what I can guess was probably around 12 to 3 a.m. I'm not really sure to be honest. I was laying on the couch that faces a doorway that connects the living room and dining room as well as the kitchen. There happened to be a window on the right side of the living room that led in moonlight, which really illuminated a portion of the living room. I remember looking up and seeing two kids standing at the doorway. They were completely white, which I thought was because of the moonlight hitting them. It looked like they were having a conversation, with the girl turned at the boy and both doing suggestive hand movements that one might do during a conversation. The weird part was that I couldn't hear a single sound coming from them, not even a whisper. The room was completely silent. It was like if you were watching two people talk on TV, but you hit the mute button. They didn't seem to notice that I was looking at them either. They also kind of resembled my cousin Jay and my sister M in terms of height. Because of this, I initially thought it was them. I was just about to get up and walk over to them to ask what the hell they were doing at this time of night. When suddenly, I got this really uneasy feeling that maybe I shouldn't. So I decided to wake up my mom, who was right below me sleeping on the floor. I then asked her where was Jay and my sister M. She annoyingly replied that Jay was sleeping in his room and my sister M was sleeping on the same couch I was sleeping in, just below my legs. I know this might sound confusing, but I was sleeping on a curved long couch, so I didn't immediately notice that my sister was sleeping on the couch with me. Anyways, as soon as my mom told me this, my heart immediately started racing. Then, who are these kids? I thought. I know it wasn't any of my other cousins because I scanned the living room and it was only my family sleeping here, not any aunts or uncles in sight. And remember when I said that no one spends the night at Aunt A's house? So I knew they weren't any of my cousins. They didn't even look like them. In the middle of me rambling my head trying to deduce what the hell was going on, I looked up and saw that those kids had stopped whatever they were doing and then started staring right in my direction. They were standing there still, 
just looking at me. I could literally feel their gaze. I immediately got super spooked. I guess I was too scared to even wake up my mom because all I did was bury my head in the blanket that I was wrapped up in, just not knowing what the hell to do. I stayed like that for at least 20 minutes, just waiting. When I finally gathered the courage to peek out, I saw that they were gone. After that, my memory started to fade, so I suppose I fell asleep after that. I must have been a dumb child because I didn't tell my mom what I saw until years later. You see, at first, I thought I may have imagined it because I was just a kid. However, when I told my mom about my experience, she seemed really spooked. She told me that my Aunt A had apparently been having really odd experiences while living in that house. This ranged from spoons and pans suddenly falling on the floor to hearing heavy footsteps in the living room at times when she was supposed to be home alone. She experienced other creepy encounters too, but that's just to describe what was generally going on in the house. Because of this, my mom believes that I may have seen the spirits of two children, especially because according to her, usually children can sometimes see spirits because they're really innocent and pure-hearted. Now that I think about it, I remember that I never really liked being alone in any of the rooms when I'd visit there. I would always really get this unsettling creepy feeling when I did find myself alone there so I would always stick by my sister and cousin at all times. I never really experienced anything else creepy there. Well, with the exception of the second time I slept there. That time though, I'd slept with my parents on the same bed, and I remember waking up crying because I had dreamt of a naked lady covered in blood walking around in Auntie's kitchen. I couldn't really be too sure about that one because, well, it could have just been a bad dream. However, After my first creepy experience there, that place just always gave me the creeps every time we visited after that. After my mom told me of Vante's experiences, I decided to do some research on the house, and I discovered it was built in 1928. Since the house is really old and was owned by a lot of people in the past, it's honestly very possible people died there, and perhaps even those two kids. My aunt A eventually moved out by the way, I'm not too sure if those two spirits were malevolent or not, but this encounter was enough to make me strongly believe that spirits in the paranormal definitely exist. Now, this all happened way back when I was in middle school. My family had traveled to my grandma's for Christmas. It was our first Christmas celebrating without my grandpa, who had unfortunately passed away just three months before Christmas. It was late at night and I had to get up and use the restroom. Now, I'd slept in a separate room with my sisters while my brothers were sleeping in the living room downstairs. After I'd used the restroom, I started to hear what sounded like footsteps coming from upstairs. I thought it was just my grandma or one of my parents, but the footsteps suddenly stopped as if they had completely gone away. I start to slowly walk over to where my brothers are sleeping and suddenly the door to the basement then opens up. I very slowly look over to the basement door. I then run back to the room where my sisters and I are sleeping at. I shut the door until I fall back asleep until the next morning. I wake up and I tell one of my sisters about what happened last night. She told me that she woke up in the middle of the night and heard footsteps, and that they stopped at our door, but she didn't feel scared, and had this really strange feeling that whatever was out there 
somehow meant us no harm. Now, call me crazy, but I think maybe it was my grandpa saying hi, and telling us that he's safe, and also letting us know that he loves us. I think whatever happened that night was a real eye-opener, showing me that there are really good spirits of loved ones who will always be there to protect you and look after you, even in the afterlife. I was visiting my dad because my uncle had passed away after him and my mom separated. My uncle had passed away right around Christmas time, and this took place after he died. It was the day before I left to go back to my mom's place. I'd also like to add that my cousins were there, who I'll call J and K. We're all girls, and I was the youngest of the three of us. K and J are sisters, and Jay's the oldest. K and I were going to sleep on the floor, and Jay was just going to sleep on the couch. Jay and K were telling me to go to sleep. I was sitting up on the floor while K and Jay were sitting on the couch. Now, pretty much everyone was asleep besides our grandparents. Now, Jay was sitting on the armrest on the couch, and the armrest was by the hallway. The TV was against the wall in my dad's room, and the couch was against the wall in the kitchen. Jay started to freak out because she saw something sitting next to Kay on the couch. The TV was off, so she could see it through the reflection. Kay saw it as well, and Jay felt someone walk by her, and she ran to our grandparents' room. Kay ran along with her, leaving me in the living room all by myself. As you can imagine, I was really scared, so of course I ran as well. Jay then explained what happened to her to my grandma. Our grandma put some white powder on us, and I only put it on my forehead, but Jay and Kay put it on their legs, arms, and head. I was the last to go to sleep because when I laid down, I felt something holding me down, and I was really scared to look. I should also mention that my dad and his sister still live with their mom and dad. They lived near a river. It was dark at night with not a single streetlight down to their driveway. You would have to drive down a hill in a really dark road and then you pull into a dirt road and there's more trailers there. The trailer behind my grandparents was really abandoned and my grandpa was working on it. Well right down the road from the trailer in the dirt road, there was a grave. And we think that's who Kay and Jay saw that night. My grandma always described Uncle John as an odd duck. Quirky was the word my mom used. Personally growing up as the middle child in a really big family, I always just saw him as fun Uncle John. He would always bring us presents every time he'd visit, and he just always seemed like the life of the party. You'd be able to hear him telling a story from two rooms over because of how excited he would get in his retelling. Then one holiday weekend, something had changed. He was really reserved in a way that frightened me. This bubbly, ever-friendly man that I'd grown up adoring was now seemingly someone entirely different. And he was more than just quiet. He was morose. My cousin and I were pulling a Christmas cracker, and when it popped, it was the first shred of a real reaction that I'd seen from John all night long. He was beyond startled. He was shook up and screaming his lungs out. Near inconsolable for a few minutes, and then in a flash, just as quickly as it had started, he was right back to his near comatose state of reservedness. Later on, 
when all of my relatives were getting ready to head home after the evening's festivities. I overheard my parents whispering between themselves in the kitchen. My mom saying things like, It wouldn't be right to send him off back to his motel room. He was so upset earlier. Clearly, he still needs more time. He shouldn't be alone right now. My dad then cutting her off with a dismissive. Look, what happened to him was terrible, but I really don't want him here overnight while he's like this. Who knows what could happen? Whatever argument followed next, my mother clearly won, because my dad was making up the bed in the spare room for John just minutes later. That night, as my mom was tucking my tiny nine-year-old frame into bed, she offered a few vague reassurances. Your Uncle John is just a little mixed up right now. He had a terrible accident, and he just needs our help to become himself again. It'll be fine, sweetie. I promise. Feeling an air of naive relief wash over me, I quickly drifted off to sleep. For a while, at least. I later woke up in the pitch blackness of my large bedroom. A thin sliver of light creeping in from the street lamp outside. The only sound being the same light snoring from my parents' room down the hall that I'd become so accustomed to. But just as I was falling back into a slumber, I noticed a different sound coming from the hallway. And between my dad's snores, I could hear breathing. Not too heavy, but loud enough to distinguish itself from my dad's ambient sleep sounds. It wasn't in the room with me, thank God, but it was definitely there, in the hallway. And the more intently I listened, the louder it seemed to get. A consistent light breath pattern with a slight raspiness to it. With each inflection of breath, I could hear the rattle. I knew for sure that it wasn't one of my siblings. It was very clearly an adult. At least an hour of this passed, and I was now wide, wide awake and absolutely terrified. I was struggling to work up the courage to scream for my parents. Then suddenly my heart nearly burst out of my chest. Whatever was in the hallway darted from its place in the center between mine and my parents' room, then down the stairs and out the back door, slamming it hard behind itself. This commotion was more than enough to rouse my mom and dad, and they quickly got up to investigate. My mom bursts in and then immediately begins questioning me once she sees I'm awake too. Are you okay? Was Uncle John in your room? She asked, amongst other things. That's when my dad then walked in and then ushered my mom back into the privacy of the hallway. I couldn't really make out much of the conversation except for the first thing he said to her. John's not in his room. Uncle John was missing for about four hours. In the early morning, my dad ended up finding him at the bottom of a steep ravine a short walk away from our property. He was wedged deep in a crevice, feet pointing up to the sky, with his head crushed in between two tight rock formations, barely recognizable if not for the fact that he was wearing the same clothes, minus a slipper and a long strip of leg material from the PJs my dad had loaned him the night before. The theory from investigators is that he had ran from the house in distress, then wound up at the cliffy rock side above where he was found, and tripped off without seeing the ledge in the darkness, then tumbling headfirst into the murky rocks below. I never saw the scene myself for obvious reasons, but when I talked to my dad about it, not too long before he died, he told me that something about the whole thing just really seemed off. Besides the fact that it was a bloody mess, 
John was wedged in this crevice in a way that just really didn't seem natural at all, as in that it would have been very difficult to fall from the cliffside right into the ravine and land head first with enough accuracy to make the small gap in the rock formation, especially in the dead of night in a confused daze after having recently suffered severe head trauma from a car accident. Of course, it was ruled a suicide though, and nothing more ever came of it. We didn't really talk about John much after that while I was growing up. Whenever I'd bring him up, my mom would always say that he joined the army, or found work abroad, or whatever other excuse she could think up on the fly. Her answer was never the same. I think it was all just too painful for her. I can't help but wonder though, what really happened to him that Christmas night way back then. I never got any in-depth details about his accident, but it must have been truly devastating for him mentally. Why did he run from the house, and why so suddenly? I suppose I'll never know. I can't help but think about him though, especially when I wake up in the middle of the night to be met with a deafening silence in the pitch black, listening for the breathing in the hallway. <laughs>